Daddy, wake up! Daddy! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up, Daddy! Wake up, Daddy! 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 You guys awake? Are you awake now? And if you are awake, are you living your life to the fullest? This is the Dad Podcast. Where we talk about our Catholic faith becoming fully alive through being a husband. And being a father. Really, through our vocation as a husband and a father. So, if you're a dad, this is your spot. Yeah, it's time. It's time to rise up. Welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Hey, what's up? This is Iris from Seattle. And it's Ray from Chicago. And welcome to the Fatherhood Arise podcast. Where we talk about fatherhood stuff, Catholic dad stuff. We celebrate good dads here. Hey, dads, this is for you. This is for you. Welcome. Hey, if you've been with us uh, this whole time, thank you so much for listening. And if this is your first time tuning in, hey, welcome. This is where Ray and I talk about uh, where faith intersects with family, um, the life of dads. And we're trying to build up our fatherhood. We're trying to build up good dads out there. And, um, you know, we're getting there. So, uh, Ray, how you been, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. Dude, we're joined in here by a great guest. Yeah, we're Hello. not alone. We're not alone. His name is Pillow, actually, uh, in high school. That's what uh, I I, uh, I thought his name was. I'm just Pillow. Kidding. Pillow. Oh. Yeah, pillow. <laughs> pillow. His real name is Paulo Santos. Uh, we go. He goes by the name Plebby. We call him Plebs, Plebster, whatever. he. Wh- what name do you like the most? Pillow, Plebby? So P- Pillow Paolo? was actually my algebra teacher. That's right. <laughs> no. And she just Sinha. couldn't figure it out. Yeah, and she couldn't say Paulo for some reason. And it was funny because at some point, every Filipino to her was Pillow because we all looked alike. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gosh. Hey, pillow, Pillow. And I'm like, who the heck are you talking to? And then I realized it was me. And that, that lasted you. the entire year. There was no correction for it whatsoever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I've known this guy for, man, over 20 years now. And we got a bunch of stories as as kids. Now we're fathers. I, I want to celebrate this guy because he is a good dad. He's been married to his beautiful wife, Joy, for what, 11 years now. They have two kids and he's in uh, technology and real estate entrepreneurship. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Um, you know, I've been a tech guy my whole life. That's right. Um, this guy's got in, big ideas, man. Yeah, I fell into real estate and... And now I'm doing real estate technology. It's kind of a big combination, but you know, it's it, the entrepreneurship part has always been a part of me. Um, but you know, I could talk more about it later. But after my experiences last year, yeah. you know, I quit my job that I had for 18 years and started a whole new bunch of companies right afterwards. Oh, nice! So yeah, it good. was one of those things that was just it forced me to change and take a risk on some passion. So it's a lot of fun. Interesting guy. And we're going to hear more about his story. He did have, I can't believe it. It's almost a year now in um, the whole lockdown that, that, that happened here in our country or really all across the, the world in this whole pandemic that we're still in right now. So uh, in, a, in a sense, it's it's a reminder of, of this pandemic to uh, be cautious, but at the same time to live your life to the fullest in that sense as we celebrate and and uh, dive into this Lenten season. But before that, uh, man, let's, let's, I, I've had a long day already. I've yeah. had a long day. Let's, I'm gonna, this part of the show, we, we try to, I, I turned it into a dad vent, but it really isn't a, a venting session. It's more of just a sharing about the real life of fatherhood. So I'm gonna start off. Can I start off? Yeah, go for it, man. It's a quick one, man. It's a quick one. So now um, I've been able to go into work once a week um but really the office is still closed in archdiocese of chicago and you're you're allowed to go in if if whenever you need to but a lot of our work we're able to do remotely but um yeah man i uh i really needed to go into the office today oh yeah i, I need to just breathe a little bit you know <laughs> but uh, but um yeah don't be too loud because my my wife can hear no, no, I did get some good work done, of course. But yeah, that's just that's just a little bit of a uh, of my life right now. Once a week, it's nice to kind of be stuck in traffic. I kind of miss it. Kind of miss being stuck in traffic, listening to podcasts, listening to '80s love ballads. Oh man, I miss it. I miss it. 
Yeah, it's, um, I live quite far from where I work, and um, I'm not. I'm currently not going to work, but I totally relate because um, I have a long commute, and um, people would ask me, like, "Man, that's such a long commute. Um, don't you hate it? Don't you want to move?" And I'd be like, "Nah, man, that's like the only time that there's quiet in my life." <laughs> It's like my life is so loud with a a home full of children and a busy life. Um, And uh, that's all been amplified by the pandemic. So I totally can appreciate you enjoying that kind of uh, quiet solitude in a drive to work and some kind of peaceful uh, peaceful time. Um, my, my wife experienced that because she's going to work now. Um, she's back to work in her office, um, on a semi regular basis. Um, though she works full-time, she works part-time from home and part-time from the office, but me, I'm, I'm totally at home every day because I'm on paternity leave. And so she got to go out and, um, and today was like, dude, guys, this was a tough day. Um, let me just give you an insight. So, I was putting the baby down for a nap. Uh, Santiago, he's going to have like this nap at like he ate and then he's going to have this nap. And then so after his nap, I walk downstairs and I step into water. Oh, and uh, and I'm like, yo, who who uh, spilled water here on our kitchen floor? And uh, I look and then one of my children, I won't name who, but one of my children walked out from behind like the counter and he was naked. Oh. And then I was like, what What happened? Did you spill water on your clothes? And he just shook his head like, no. Oh, man. And I said, am I standing in pee? <laughs> he said, sorry, dad. Uh... I couldn't get my pants off. I was like, so you just straight up peed like right here? He's like, I'm sorry. And I was like, and then you just went to watch TV afterwards? Like you didn't, like nothing happened. You didn't clean it up? Or well, how, how old is he first? How, how old okay, is he? So my children are 11, 9, 7, and then a newborn. And what's the girl-boy ratio? I thought they're all boys. All boys, okay. All boys, yeah. And so <laughs> somebody, I won't call him out here, but somebody had peed all over that floor, left it, and then went to watch TV, naked. like buck naked, not not trying to clean it up, not trying to ask for help and not trying to do anything else. I was like, we got to burn this house down. This is <laughs> insane. This is pure insanity. And then I went to like get mad and cook dinner. <laughs> At least he was honest, though. He's like, yeah, that, that, my my bad. <laughs> well, he's like, I would have denied it. I'm like, oh, no. I don't know who did that. I'm naked. Now, if I they know. were all naked. <laughs> then nobody knows that, but that that's how they would be teaming up. These guys ain't teaming up. They're calling each other out. They've sold each other. Out. <laughs> Anyways, that was my day, man. It's just the ridiculousness. Nice. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, I was actually, you actually stole part of my story. So I have one. You peed on not, the floor. Well, that was, that was, that was another day, but that was you actually, I think I cleaned it up afterwards. I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. Probably right. Probably right. <laughs> but I, I have, I have a nine-year-old girl and I have a three-year-old boy. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a six year gap. Right. Mm. And with a girl, I was so spoiled. I did not realize boys were just <laughs> boys. And my daughter, it took me like four solid days, not even maybe three or two solid days of potty training. And she was bam, boom, done by the, mm-hmm. before she turned three years old. My wife's solution for my son is, Hey, you know what? Let's just take his pants off. Oh. He'll know what it's like when he starts peeing. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I understand the logic, but who's going to follow him? Sounds like a time? logical argument. <laughs> who's going to follow him around the mop the entire time? But, you know, I'm not going to win the argument. So it looks like that's going to be my life for the next, hopefully short term, but we'll see how long that lasts for. But it's just so funny. Like I'm only learning how much different a boy is versus a girl. And, my, my daughter was just so, so great and, you know, getting off the bottle, getting off diapers, mm. all that stuff. And this boy is just intense on everything. And yeah, so learning <laughs> as I go. That's the truth. That's the truth about um, like the dad life is um, I, I've only ha- I only have boys. So I, I've only known the chaos that uh, that ensues from boys. But they say that. 
whoever they are like, right. Boys are tough at the beginning, but by the time they're older, they're going to be easier to handle and girls are easy and sweet at the beginning, but like, um, yeah, it's a nightmare later on. Yeah. Like the teenage years are tough. So I guess like those who have survived that, Hey, weigh in, let us know what we're, (laughs) what we're staring down. I just know that my life is going to be full of chaos and it's never going to end. That's how I feel anyway. Oh man. This and Plebby, is... there's pee everywhere. There's I mean, <laughs> like there I taught my kids not to sit down to pee, like to stand up to pee. And there's pee everywhere in the bathroom, like uh on the wall, behind them, like in the shower. I like Listen, I'm, you... I'm I'm cool with pee, honestly. I'm cool with pee. I have friends that have 15 and 16 year olds where I wish. I know they're wishing it was still pee. Let's put it this way. So, you know, uh, it's, I'm, uh, I'll take it for what Fair. it is. I'll enjoy it for Fair what it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> this is the realness of fatherhood, of dadhood. And this is this is our life right now. Um, yeah, like what Ayer said, weigh in. What are we, what are we uh, looking into here when they're teenagers? And that's why I'm thinking, man, We, I, I feel like, I don't know. I, I kind of put this pressure on myself in the sense of like, all right, I only have, because my eldest is 11 going on 12 this year. And I'm thinking, man, it's going to be too late when he's like 13. Like he's not going to want to hang out with me anymore. I only have like a good two years left with him, like idolizing me as a hero. <laughs> right. I, I, he thinks, he thinks I'm I'm still a cool guy. I, I told him that uh, I'm going to keep growing my hair. He's like, you're the coolest dad I know. Oh my god! Yeah, gosh. that's right. But I know he's gonna find out soon that uh, dad is not that cool. That's hilarious. Anyway. I love that your son thinks that. You said that to me. It was really nice. He said it to me today. Anyway, Blevy, thanks Yo. for joining us here. This is, uh, you know, I I really want to um, honor you really for joining us uh, and and sharing with us your story. You, you have a different different perspective uh, in us. And I was kind of ashamed in, in sharing that story of like, man, yeah, I kind of faking my quote unquote need to go to the office to get away from the family. And I'm just thinking, man, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, you went through something. You went through a, a, an ordeal last year. And, uh, you know, all our listeners out there, we were asking them to, to pray. We were asking them to pray for you. And because uh, you caught COVID, when was that? Good. It was so they think I caught it between March four and six last. March year. four and six. That's mm, that's yeah. more or less like the time of the shutdown, right? March four. It was a little. It was before I was. I was actually. I caught it. They think I was traveling to DC, so there was. I still didn't have a mask. I was going to a meeting. Yeah. And we had a dinner with twenty people. I just came from a scene hall game the night before with thirty thousand people, so it was just prior to the shutdown. Um, and the funny part was on March 7th, I was coming home from DC and it was like two or 3 PM. And I get a text message from Amtrak. I'm on the train. Mm. The message says I am on the last train out of DC. They're shutting down all the trains because it was spreading to New York. Mm. So I literally took out the Purell and just started rubbing it all over the chairs next to me and all, all over the, you were on the train. I was on the train. Wow. So sometime between the scene hall game that Wednesday, the dinner, the hotel, and then the train ride back on Friday, sometime between that whole cycle is when they think I caught it. Dang, man. And when I, I remember this as if it was just yesterday, and I'm sure you, you do too. And the ordeal that you and your whole family went through, uh, man, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. And, you know, reflecting now, and as we enter into this Lenten season, right, uh, Ash Wednesday, uh, the start of this uh, Lenten journey that we have, it's just a great reminder of how beautiful life is, how fragile life is, and, and this great invitation to, to kind of see it from the bigger picture, right? And um, yeah, I, I'd love for you to, to share your story, what God has been whispering or even uh, really acknowledging in, in your life. Um, but before that, a, a transition to, to your story, I want to ask you that question, a simple question, since this is for the Fatherhood Arise podcast, I want to ask you about fatherhood how you see it what is it to you so fill in the blanks if you could a father is what a father is blank a father is worried mm-hmm. a 
Mm. Father is worried. Um, if I can go into my story a bit here, I'll explain it. So I'm not going to go into the full details because it's it's there's not enough podcasts in the world that can get it all out. <laughs> um, but let's just say sometime March 17th, I went into the hospital. I fought the fever and the COVID you know, symptoms for, at home for about five or six days. And at one point I was, I don't know, my fever must have hit 104, 105 at home. I was hallucinating already. And I was like, get me to the hospital. Um, went to the hospital sometime between that day and the 20th or 21st, I stopped breathing. Um, stopped breathing, went into a ventilator, induced coma. Woke up a couple of weeks later in a different hospital. Mm. Wow. Not knowing what year it was and thinking everybody had already been gone and died. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of story in between there. Um, let's just say, you know, I've always believed in God. Experiencing him and all that's there and understanding what spiritual warfare truly is and experiencing it and fighting in it more than just singing a praise song, <laughs> right? That, that, that I always thought that's all it was. Um, and understanding that there was real battles out there um, and witnessing it is a whole different thing, right? It's just not the same. Um, and it changes a lot. It changes a lot, of, it changes a lot about you. But everyone always asks, you know, what, so where, where did you go? You know what? My experience went from an experience of, I'm not going to say it's purgatory, but let's just say kind of a waiting room um, all the way to hell. And then all the way to heaven and in such extremes. And then, of course, the first question everybody asks is, well, what was hell like? So if I could sum up hell in one line, it's simply this. Hell is a constant reminder of all the wonderful things on earth you are missing. And at the same time, a constant exposure of all the terrible things you cannot do anything about. And I think a dad knows that better than anybody else because you guys both know that as a father we're always worrying is my kid safe did they bump their head will they become an astronaut one day are they too smart are they too stupid are they going to be poor will they find the right wife we always worry about that and hell will constantly remind us about that all those things we have to worry about and even bigger than that you know are they safe? Do they have enough money? You know, did we die too soon and abandon them? All that, mm. all those things. It is just constant worry. It is, and even beyond the physical tortures, those fire and brimstone people imagine, none of that existed for, for me. For me, it was the mental torture of worrying about my family nonstop. Because you, you, were, you weren't there to stop what could happen or what will happen, right? If I told you today that, hey, hey, Ray, uh, you know, your son's going to get hurt today. Mm. You do something about it, right? Right? You're going to go do something about it. Um, whether it be on the spot, you jump in a car, you know, fly over there, do what it takes. But you can't. You're, all you can do is witness it. And they just show it to you over and over again, different scenarios of the worst possible things to happen. That's all that it does. And at the same time, it allows you to witness these beautiful things and it just makes you long to be there even more. And there were moments in hell where I would have, I remember my, my daughter who's, who was eight at the time, her baby blanket would appear in my hands just mm -hmm. to torture you. This, so, is no, when, this is when you're like under, right? This is when you were on a ventilator. Uh, this is, you this were... is when I this is when I had already stopped breathing. Hmm. I had already stopped breathing. So I'll, I'll tell you now, the whole experience there between the, the, the waiting areas and hell and heaven in my head lasted over a hundred years. Wow. Day in, day out. The so there's like a was about, you had like a consciousness plebby, like a complete consciousness. It was it was like I lived out those days every single minute of them. Um, wow. So, 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 you know, the, the concepts of hell is so simplistic, right? It, it's, it's basically your biggest tortures and fears. 
And if I could say that fathersome is worry, I'm not saying father fatherhood. If not saying, I'm not saying fatherhood is hell, but I'm saying yeah, yeah. because fatherhood is so wonderful, because yeah. it's so wonderful, it can be used against us as pure torture because it's so wonderful mm. to us. Well, Plebe, part of that too sounds like you have a, a deep sense of responsibility, right? As a, as a man, as a protector, as a provider for your family, like that, that is part of who you are. And when you're laying in a hospital bed and you cannot breathe on your own, then the reality is, what am I? What can I yeah. do? Right? Like I am no, I am not, providing i am not protecting i am not pastoring i am i am relying on something else and so that's like the other thing that i heard you say that i was really resonating with and that's that sense of powerlessness that there's a that there's a real sense of powerlessness like uh there we don't have we don't have control like there the control is an illusion and we can like continue to live our lives and think, oh, I'm totally in control of all these things. I'm in control of my finances. I'm in control of my my property. I'm in control of my family. And then the reality is we're we're like on this rock that's spinning in the universe and we don't have control over any of that. There's like all this around. And then so what is that? What is that then? What does it mean? And then you had to go and go face to face with that and live that out over a hundred years. While you're but, but you know, what, you know what's so cool though, right? So before I even went to the hell and heaven, I, I was in this like weird area. I remember literally floating over my body as the doctors were working on me after I stopped breathing. I could hear a nurse and I could see a nurse in the background. I could hear her praying for me. And mm. she was screaming, crying and praying. And I'll tell you, if, you've, if you could imagine what the physical manifestation of prayer is, it was prayer holding onto my ankles, not letting my soul leave. Mm. It was, you could, I could physically feel a prayer grabbing my ankles mm. and telling my soul, just hang, just hang back a little longer. Right. Mm. And, and, and that, that was so powerful, right? Because in that, you're right. In that moment, it was completely powerless. I was completely powerless, but then something shifted. There was a certain power that was given to me for a short second or, or a lifetime beats me. I don't know how long it lasted for, right? It was a gift. It was really a gift. And the gift was, I was then allowed to watch these special moments in my family happen for as long as I wanted to, because I needed it to go. And it, to me, it was, really, it was really God saying, hey, man, listen, whether you think it's your time or not, we're going. But if you need to see this happen, I'm going to let you. You know, if you believe it, I watched my daughter get engaged to, get married, my son get married, my daughter have kids. I watched my grandkids till they died. Mm. And it was like a moment where it was basically a moment that lasted a second or as long as I needed it to last. But it was what I needed to make sure that I was moving on okay. And it was, it, was, it was pretty pretty remarkable when you look back at it, right? And then, of course, all the health started, which got really complicated. But, <laughs> but, uh, but at least I was given that moment to really yeah. enjoy my yeah. family. I think I told oh. Ray some of the story before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I don't know if that was just for me or, or if everybody does it. I don't, I'm not sure the process. But I will say it was very, very wonderful to have had that time. Wow. Plebby, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Um, when you got sick initially, when you first got COVID and then did you like, how did you know? And then when you started getting sicker, um, like, what was your thought process? Were you like, dude, I got COVID. I'm going to die. You know, like where, how, what is that progression? This was all new, right? This was like, yeah, because this is because you were like one of the first people that I had known who got COVID. It was was so early when I got to the hospital. Like they didn't even have like a COVID setup line. None of that stuff was even considered, all that kind of stuff. Um, thankfully, my wife is a nurse. So okay. she was able to kind of calm me down a bit. 
But at the same time, I was also that jerk was like, listen, it's an old person disease. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll be I, fine. Yeah. Was, I mean, at the time, that's that's all the stories, right? It was only affecting everybody over 65 <clears throat> with pre-existing conditions. And, you know, if you walked into Wuhan yesterday, you may get it. You know, it was all these kind of crazy things. And it wasn't supposed to happen to me. Yeah, because you're like a young... Uh, handsome, big guy with a lot going on. Like you're not, it's not supposed to happen to you. Right. It wasn't supposed to happen. And, and I don't know when it turned, honestly, but I remember being in the hospital when I, when I finally got sick, like, like sick enough to go to the hospital and I couldn't, I couldn't fight it off at home anymore. Like, did but you I want to go to the hospital or were you at, like, don't take one, me there? I didn't want to for a long time. And then the one night my fever was I started hallucinating pretty badly and I, I've never hallucinated like this before. And I was like, Oh God, I need, there's something really wrong with me here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turned out, it turned out later on, my fever had spiked to 105 or 106. Like it was wow. ridiculous. Like it, it was, it, you, I would have been dead. Um, I should have been dead. And, and it was time to go to the hospital. So I, I get to the hospital and I, those, those three days before I actually stopped breathing and got ventilated was, is a blurry time for me. I remember little snippets here and there. And thankfully some of the old nurses and doctors and, and people that were there have I've spoken with since and they filled in a lot of the blanks. But I did some of the weirdest things in that time frame. I, I recorded a goodbye message to my wife and kids. Mm. I sent it to her cousin and I, we shared it on Google Photos and locked it down with a password. I said, hey, listen, if something happens, just hang on to this. I don't remember fully recording it. And then I saw it afterwards, they deleted it about five seconds, I couldn't watch it because um, wow. I, I, wow. I, had, I had gone that route, yeah. right? I didn't, and I didn't remember doing it. I had, I ordered months supplies <laughs> of diapers and formula from Was Amazon. It like, yeah, like yeah, ice packs the, or something? I ordered, yeah, I ordered, I ordered 500 <laughs> ice packs because I had such a bad fever. I figured if somebody got sick, they would need it. But ice packs, diapers, for, I was preparing for like my wife to have to, to not have to worry about things for a while. I, I, I sent an Excel file with all of my passwords and financials to my sister to hold in case something happened because I knew my wife wasn't good at that stuff and at least my sister could take care of it. I called my life insurance guy. This is all in this like two or three day span before I went down. Wow. And, and one of the crazy, I, it's funny because it's one of the good things that I did do, um, I sold all of my stocks and I cashed out my, I moved my 401k from investment into stock, into cash. That way my wife would have easy access to it. Fortunately, the market crashed just in time and I was able to cash out on it when I woke up back in April. But, you know, I did so much random stuff, not knowing, sorry, thinking something bad was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what a dad is always doing, right? Like, like if we're not preparing for the worst, mm. I don't know about you guys, but I'm always thinking worst case scenario, even before this happened. Like, I'm always thinking like, I'm you know, guilty what if, of that, man. yeah, what if I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's a good thing or it's a bad thing. I just think it's a dad thing. Like <clears> it's what we do. Like we're great at worrying, man. We're great at preparing for our families and taking care of our kids one way or the other. But, but you know, it's, it's was, also just to inter, uh, just to inject this part as well, Plubby, during that part as well, during uh, uh, before you you went down in, uh, in on a ventilator, you called a couple of us and asked for prayers, and you were I, I remember you, that this is kind of the the part where you know I I my my heart broke and because I I felt like I was there with you because dang it you had your phone with you. And you, it was like right that next to your worst. face. That was the worst. I'm like, dude, you got you got like lip balm or something. You got put put on your lips. It's so dry. I'm trying to make you laugh and stuff, right? But that's one of the things. It's like you're, I guess, in in a not necessarily a desperate mode, but something that you reached for was was that prayer. Dude, it, you know, you know what's so crazy? You know me, right? I'm not like, you know, I believe I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm faithful and all that stuff, and I'm a yeah. believer. But you know, I'm not like a big church yeah. guy, I guess by definition of what most people would assume, right? And I would never call myself that in many ways, I guess, right? I guess mm-hmm. not many people would. But um, I actually called Gino, Father Gino, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the day I found out I had, I was got into the hospital. I'll say this is pretty tough. I actually asked him if I can give confession over the phone. Mm. I haven't been to confession personally oh God, 20 years. Mm. Uh-huh. 
but I actually called him if I could do it over the phone. Mm. And I guess, you know, first of all, he said, and what he say? He said no, right? He said no. I mean, like, <laughs> well, he's like, technically, I could hear it and I could give you a prayer, but I can't actually absolve you of anything right. right now. That's right. So I was like, all right, Gino, thanks a lot, man. We really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. But, but, you know, but to your point, like, that was the yeah, thought yeah. process. Like, I was thinking of every worst scenario, and the worst scenario for me was not being there anymore. Um, it got really, real, really fast. And by the way, when you're sitting in the hospital and you're hearing the code every hour, and that time was so crazy, there were body bags pulled mm. in front of me every hour. And the only thing you're thinking was like, man, I got what he's got. Oh my gosh. I got what he's got. You know what I mean? That yeah. guy right there, whatever he's got inside of him is inside of me. And that was, that's what was going through my mind. And I obviously I couldn't I couldn't help but think the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of happy I don't remember my mindset those last couple of days because, you know, I, I even thinking about how bad I must have been at that point. And people have told me like you, I didn't know I made half those phone calls that I made. They should never <laughs> they should never give a guy on as much medication That's what as I, I said. was yeah, on, yeah, yeah. A on a cell phone. phone. Yeah, on a cell phone. But they did, and that was a dumb idea. That's funny. You like ordered pizza for everybody oh, in the yeah, house. It was wild. <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> you, you got Netflix subscriptions yeah, for all these crazy. folks. It was wild. It was just crazy, man. It was crazy. People are saying I promised them things I don't remember doing anyway. Yeah, <laughs> man. You promised me a house in Jersey. Oh, man, I didn't want that. You know, buddy, this, is, I mean, this is what's incredible, too. Like, you're facing death, right? Like, just this, like, at the beginning of the pandemic, you get COVID. You're go, you're going to go on a ventilator. You, you don't know the end, uh, what the end's going to look like. And immediately your mind goes to others. It doesn't go to like, woe is me or um, uh, my life. This is, I'm, this is not supposed to happen or I'm so bitter or angry or upset. You, you immediately went into a mode um, what, what, of what you're sharing and what I'm hearing of like you're thinking about others. And if that's not what sainthood is about, mm -hmm. if that's not what like the dad life is, yeah. it's this continual pouring outside of ourselves. And um, for me, when I hear you talk about that, because I, I like you and Ray are good planners. I'm more of a in the moment kind of guy. And so when I'm hearing you say that, I'm like, man, I hope I could do that. I, like, I hope I could do those things. I don't know if I could. But like, but the, the thought process, like the way that your mind works, the, the, the love and the care and concern for the other. Right. That, that's really inspiring. Um, that, that just happened, by the way. That, Ray will tell you right now, that's not my natural way of thought. <laughs> by any, I, I'm serious. Ray will tell, yeah, I'm sure yeah. there's a lot of people that justify that it's all been about me for a very long part of my life. It really has. Mostly, so, yeah. I'm just mostly. kidding. Fatherhood changes a lot of that. I'll give you that yes, much. Yes. Fatherhood, but you know what it is, though? You, you ever talk to these old people that are facing death, right? They've all come to that same feeling at one point, at some point, right? They're talking about like, oh, don't let my kids worry about their funeral. Oh, you know, make sure that I have enough money for my grandkids to go to college and I could, I could pass stuff. Down. Like, why are you thinking about that if you're going to die? But it's a natural thought just before it happens. It's somehow all the selfishness goes away because the self is going to be gone. Mm -hmm. Right? It's, it's, just, it's just an eventuality. You know, it's funny. It's, you know, to, to your point about will I ever become that, right? Will, will you be that strong when that moment comes? Um, you know, strangely enough, I, I, people keep asking me, people think I'm some weird, like, psychic, like, talking to dead people. I'm like, dude, relax. Like, <laughs> like, I lived out this crazy experience. I saw things where I perceived to be the future. I don't know if any of it's going to come true. This one guy that, I, that um, that's one of my clients goes to me just a, just a week ago. He goes, it's like, Paul, do me a favor. Just, just be honest with me. Did I die young? And I said, dude, I can't answer that for you. He's like, just tell me, if, did you see me die young or not? And then, and then I, I remember answering him. And I said, my answer, my, my answer was this. I was like, dude, if I told you yes, what would you change? Mm -hmm. And that's really the, just, the justification of yeah. dying, right? We're all scared about death. It's like in, in it's inevitable. It's gonna happen, right? So yeah. 
if you know you're going to die, does it really matter when? It's just a matter of what you do from for how long it is. Yeah, and, uh, and this is kind of the, the next question I want to ask you, though, too, Plebs, is that how, how are you living now? That's a great point in, in that, uh, that question that uh, your uh, client asked. Yeah, am I going to die early? And your answer is spot on, man. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, well, if I told you you were going to die young, then is that going to change anything? Are you going to change your life? So, so now, after how many months has it been now that you've been out of months. the hospital? Ten, ten months, months now. now. 10 months now. So how have you been living your life now to the fullest? I'm not going to say to the fullest. So it, it, it's, can I explain this with another random story? I know we're taking Go a lot for of time. It. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Time doesn't exist now, bro. It's all <laughs> yeah, good. Okay, okay. So I, I, I'm going to just keep going. You, you guys could edit this later on. So let me just keep going here. Ready? All right. So let me, let's not talk about living life to the fullest because fullest in that conversation is as arbitrary as time. It's all perception, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's all by where you're standing of what fullest really means, right? Um, you could say Steve Jobs lived it to the fullest or you could say he didn't live it at all in mm-hmm. many ways, right? Yeah. You know, one, one of the, so the, God, I'm going to tell you some crazy parts. Please don't think I'm insane when I tell you parts of the story. There was you already a moment, do, man. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> after, since high school, bro. <laughs> yeah. So before I went to hell, before I went to hell, I was in this hospital lobby by myself. And then an, an, a, a man dressed as a nurse, I could only describe him as an angel, came to me and explained to me the, the, and how everything works. And I mean everything. Life, death, universes, galaxies, dimensions, how everything works, how God worked in everything. And he explained step by step every question I had for him. He had an answer and he had no problem telling me. The universal question always comes when I tell this part of the story and everybody always asks, well, you know, tell me about this question or this question. You know what question I get asked all the time? Why then does God let bad things happen to good people? Sure. Right? Why do people suffer so long for? And I did ask this angel that question, and, and, and I'll tell you the story. Iris, did you ever uh, stub your toe before? Oh, absolutely. Is that suffering? Is that yes. really suffering? Is it true suffering? It's, it's true suffering, suffering in suffering. the moment. Yeah. Okay. So, so, Ray, I'm going to ask you a personal question, right? Your father had a long bout with a disease. Was that suffering? Right? Mm-hmm. And then you talk to somebody else who lived their whole life without legs. Is that mm-hmm. suffering? Right? The only difference in all of them is because you must have stubbed your toe a billion times. You would never say, I suffer. I'm a sufferer because I stubbed my toe. Because it was a second of your life and it moved on. Right. And this angel guy explains to me this really fantastic analogy that, I, that to me lives in my head forever. Whether it be a stub toe or 20 years of no legs or two years in the hospital suffering for something, if you really believe in all eternity and life everlasting, it's just a stub toe in the rest of your life and existence. Mm. Whatever that suffering is, in that person, that good person life, you know, with, with AIDS or cancer, in the, in the larger picture of it all, it's just a stub toe and they move on, right? When you put it in that perspective, it changes everything. Now, if your life was only five seconds long and you stubbed your toe for those five seconds, yeah, I get it. That's pure suffering. But we don't believe in that, right? We believe in much more beyond this and all that suffering in the world is just that and 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 back to your my long with an answer to raise question of what has changed that's changed that that perception of what a bad day really is that perception of you know what didn't go right or what didn't go wrong for me really is it's just a stub toe in a very very long life mm. Yeah, and, and not just a long life, but an eternal life. An eternal like, life. It, just, in, a, in a blessed state, right? Yeah, so the sense of, man, this suffering is is temporary, 
right? That and so it's there's like a willingness to endure. I think of the, I think of the the Jesus on the cross, and there are two thieves on one on his left and one on his right. And uh, one of one of the thieves is saying like, "Hey Jesus, you're you're gonna die," and uh, the other thief's like, "You're a fool. We're all dying here." But Jesus, remember me when you enter into your kingdom. And Jesus, like tonight, you're gonna be with me in paradise. Like, that that the confidence of like, hey, you know what? This hey, we're here, all three of us here on a cross. It's terrible. Our our bowels are hanging out, right? Like this is embarrassing. We're dying, the suffering. And yet I'm in the long game, right? I have the gift of perspective. And in this, and in the long game, yeah, this thing, this is going to lead to the glory, right? And uh, this is like a speed bump on our path. So hang in there. I think of, I think too, uh, plebe of like our kids, right? Like our kids, hopefully, you know, God willing, they're going to have long, happy lives. But that doesn't mean that every day they don't stub their toe or get in a fight with their sibling or fail. Every day, by the, doing every hour. Fail, yeah, every hour. <laughs> <laughs> Pee on the floor. Yeah. Uh, they don't, they are making mistakes all the time. They're, they're, and they're, they're experiencing suffering. They're experiencing pain, pain that which we as dads cannot protect them from. We can only do so much, but we're not going to, shield them from life right we want them to experience that life and part of that life is going to be pain and suffering Um, but then as you've just continued to share over and over again and yet there's joy and these glimpses of joy and these glimpses of of happiness and and goodness bring you outside of yourself and eventually there's going to be an eternal sense of that like what when we enter into the kingdom of God fully and yeah, and, and you know, what a so beautiful cool. perspective. What's so cool about being a dad, right? And what's so cool and so terrible at the same time, right? You, you know, when I tell you about hell being worry and heaven being the complete opposite of that, right? You know, if you think about it, every day we're building our own hell in many ways because we're enjoying so much love that it can only be used against us in the worst of ways if we end up in hell. At the same time, it is so worth it because if I asked you today, would you go to hell and back to have your kids? No dad would ever say no to that. Well, most dads would would never say no to that, right? Any good dad would say, oh, absolutely. I'll do anything for my children. Um, And because of that, right, we're, we're willing to risk the tort. We're really, we're really, you know, we, it's a sacrifice as a parent to have a kid in many ways because we're risking torture with them being used against us in our torture, but it's still all worth it still to have them. And that to me is like one of the most amazing sacrifices um, that I learned and just how wonderful being a dad is. I mean, to me, that's everything right now. That's just like, it's just, it's just amazing time. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just wonderful. <clears throat> I just want to honor you plebs for just being who you are. You, you're truly a gift. And I don't, you know, uh, we're, we're so far away from each other now. Uh, we used to be neighbors, uh, can literally walk to uh, yeah. our, our houses. And I think we've done that before. But you've always had that heart of service. And as Iris mentioned, that you've always had that that heart of, of doing. And I think that's where that worrying comes, uh, comes from. And that, that's what I'm also learning about myself as well. Because my, my dad would always, I mean, the first thing that my dad told my wife, when uh, we were still going out, she, he, he said to her, you know, uh, Ray, he's, he's a warrior. And then Grace is like, oh, he's, the, he's like a tough warrior. That's nice. No, no. Uh, uh, he worries a lot. You know, he's got it, that, it was the accent. It was, the it was accent, a Messiah yeah. accent. Messiah, he worries yeah. a lot. But really, it's, it's, I think it's in our hearts because we want to do something. We want to like step in and, and be in a gap. And be that bridge kind of a thing. And I, you've always had that. I've always known you to, to have that, that, that uh, heart of service. And, uh, you know, that you mentioned it's the suffering, the, the, the torture. In that sense, we have a great gift, that love from God, that he gives us this great gift to turn that suffering into a prayer. Uh, and you've turned that into a prayer. You're, you, you've turned your whole life into a prayer. So, man, I, I want to honor you for for not giving up, for continuing on and for, you know, fighting for your family. Uh, and, you know, this is a great reminder for all our listeners, for all of us, 
right now is to, you know, to uh, take this journey of our Lenten season seriously and um, and turn it into prayer, right? Yeah, no, no, definitely. I think I think especially with Lent coming up, you know, when uh, when's Easter this year? Uh, April. Sometime, some like Sunday, su- Sunday Easter. Some Sunday, Sunday. Right? some Sunday, yeah, some Sunday. Forty days after Wednesday. Well, <laughs> after you know, it's funny. I, I woke up on April seven. It was oh, my yeah, 39th yeah, yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah. You did. You did. I got out of the hospital three days later on Good Friday, and wow. I saw my family for the first time two days later in my driveway on Easter Sunday. And for me, it wasn't. What was that like, man? It, it was. A, it's. A, I haven't seen them in a hundred years. That's what it was like. Yeah. In a hundred years. When I tell you, when I I tell you the full story about how long I thought I was gone for, I, I, I punched a nurse when I woke up, when I woke out of the hospital because I thought they were lying to me and it was 2077. Wow. Right. Now mind you, you I went Thanos snapped. Yeah. (laughs) Now mind you, I went down before the pandemic was the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So when I woke up, I look at CNN and suddenly their city shut down. Kids are home. It's, it's a you different know, world. Restaurant. It, if you told me it was yes. 70, 100 years later, I would have believed every word of it. Wow. Because the world was so different in those 30 days. And just to think where we've come from, just a year from a year today where, where we were, you know, in February last year to yeah. today. Yeah. I mean, yeah, who would have thought world. this would have been? You know, it just, it just, it just, you know, back to you, back to what you're saying, like just the shortness and brevity of so much of what, of what we think, you know, this existence is, it's just so short, right? It's just a stub toe in the rest of our eternity. Yeah. It's just, just, it's just a little hiccup. So it's pretty wild. It's, it's kind of like Lent itself, right? Like it's 40 days out of 365, right? It's that it's a, it's a dedicated time to think about, our own death of where we've come from and where it starts we're going. off with that Wednesday, right? That yeah, that where Ash Wednesday, you, per, you know, like Ray, Ray and I, one Ash Wednesday, we were yeah, in Rome, Rome, yeah, and uh, we went to mass, and the priest put uh, sprinkled ash on our head, and in Italian said, like, from dust you've come, and to dust you shall return, and that's not our experience of Lent, right? Like the they're usually like putting the ash cross on our head mm-hmm. and um and so they had they sprinkled that ash on our head and then um that's what we're gonna do this year right all across yeah, the united yeah. states they're gonna sprinkle ash on our head because we can't actually physically touch each other but like yeah that the lenten experience is just this like desert time where we're thinking about our death and then thinking about like yo what do you want to do different how do you want to be different if if this was all going to end tomorrow what are you going to do today and we got to give ourselves some time to think about that because plebby got that he got the real experience to kind of change and think about how to apply man this is it's no longer about myself but it's going to be about others right and now we get this like dedicated season to think about that ourselves yeah you know it's really cool there was a you know there's these, there's, I, I, I consult for this, one of these companies and one of my clients, and they're run by these two very successful 25-year-old kids, right? Kids, right? Um, what's so funny about it was I called them, like I called Ray those couple days before I went down. And they told me the story, and I had no idea I told the story at all. I really didn't. And my story to them was like, you know, if I die right now, I've come to terms with it and I'm kind of okay because I felt like everything I did in my twenties and, you know, just doing nothing but working and saving and, and making as much money as possible was like preparing for a family. I didn't know I was going to have when I was 38, 39 years old. And to your point, right? Like we don't know when the end really will be. We don't know when we're supposed to, to move on and to die. Um, but you know, it doesn't really matter. Like, does, does the knowledge of knowing when really preclude us from sacrificing and changing whatever we have to do now, right? Does it really matter when? 
So I think that, I think, you know, Lent is the perfect example of all this because Lent is sacrifice, Lent is suffering in many ways. Um, but at the end of it, Lent is glory, right? It's, that, that was really part of it. And, and let me just say one quick short story here. You know, there was, I, I'd been in hell for a very long time in my, in my near death experience, decades at this point. And I, I wish I was a better man. And uh, you know, I'm not gonna lie. There were there were a lot of deals I made with the devil to try to get out. There were mm. um, a lot of promises I wish I didn't say. But you know what? After 20 years or so, or whatever that time frame was, you're willing to make a few sacrifices, right? Or a, f- a few a few promises, just to, to uh, and deals you wish you didn't do. But it was only then. Only then was the first time I finally heard. God speak to me. And it was in literally the deepest, darkest pits of hell that you could imagine. And I know you can't even imagine it because whatever you're imagining, it's a million times worse. It was only in that darkest part that I finally heard God talking to me. And he was just telling me, it's like, I'm still here. Just keep going. Just keep going, keep going. And it took me a while to realize that it wasn't that it was the first time he talked to me. It was just the first time I heard him. Mm. And it, did, it, it took that deep, deep, and for me, as stubborn and as big a jerk as I've been in my life, decades of torture and, and uh, candidly, being raped every day, watching my kids murdered every day, watching my wife suffer every day, and these, things being shown to me nonstop for decades. It took all that for me to finally hear God who was talking to me the entire time telling me he was still there. It took all that to break me down. And when you look at, you know, the small sacrifice, you know, I'll say sacrifice loosely we're supposed to make in Lent and, and what that really means, right? Um, it's almost comical. Yeah. that some of us still struggle with it um, and, and struggle with the true meanings of it. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just a, a crazy, crazy way of bringing it all together for me. Yeah, I've, I've, actually, I've actually never put the whole Lenten thing into perspective until you guys actually just brought it up right now and it makes mm. so much sense. Yeah, it's wild because that was your Lent. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, yeah, was, I wish it was just 40 days, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What does the book of Hebrews say? It says, uh, we have not yet begun to bleed yeah. by the gospel, right? Like we haven't yet, we haven't even shed our blood yet. Like this is yeah. like the, the stuff on earth that we're experiencing is not yet the suffering. Like, so like, yo, you got a problem wearing a mask? Like <laughs> you haven't yet bled for this, bro. <laughs> Come yeah. on, throw a mask off. Yeah, but yeah, but at the same time, right? It's a stub toe. It's not. Yeah, it's, sure. it's it's a stub toe compared to somebody who's been in the hospital for a year, compared to somebody who's been in the hospital for forty years, compared right. to somebody who's never been had the ability to walk their entire life. Right. right? It's always just always somebody else that has worse, and then in the lifespan of eternity, it's nothing. It's pretty yeah. wild. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us. I'm sure this is not going to be the last time that uh, we're going to have you on. You got some interesting stories. Crazy that they are. Crazy. Interesting yeah. Yo, did you write these down, though? Did you I, yeah, I'm that? sure he did, man. I'm sure so, he did. By, by the way, if you want to see how crazy I am, see behind me here. Yeah. These are maps of heaven and hell. <laughs> I have, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I have been mapping out these. and drawing everything. Um, writing a book, writing all the stories. We're doing a documentary. Um it's pretty wild. I've never wanted to tell the story, honestly, when I first, when I first came out, it was more, I wanted to write it. I wanted to get it out of me because it's kind of like a dream that you wish that, that, that you know, you'll kind of just forget five minutes later, like a regular yeah. dream. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you something like this has been more realistic to me than this reality. And even after 10 months, I could remember every single day as if it happened yesterday mm-hmm. in and out. I could tell you, I could draw faces, um, it's been that clear and it stayed that clear. So I, you know, I, I do hope I never forget it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine that I, that I could in any shape, uh, way, shape or form, but you know, at the same time, you know, I, I, I you almost don't want to know too much 
Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we, we, I'm not smart, and this is no insult to anybody. Listen, I could tell you the whole story. I could tell you what heaven and hell is like. I could tell you what the angel taught me or told me about God and all that stuff. You're not smart enough to understand. And it's only because I'm not smart enough to explain it to you. And it's, isn't that what religion in the, in the core of the what the Bible of it, is, yeah. though, right? Isn't yeah. that what that we, we take right. God's we word. Tremble, who we're yeah. not, it's God's word who we're not smart enough to understand. We translate yeah. it over and over again, which we're not smart enough to, 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 to translate. And we could only do our best. Um, that's right. And that's, to me, it's kind of one of the biggest core messages in the whole thing, honestly. Like, like listen, I could tell you the word. I could tell you, though, secrets of the universe. I'm not worried because you're not smart enough to tell anybody. And when you do, <laughs> you're not going to be smart enough to understand anyway. And now right. I get it. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. That's right. right. So, yeah. So then, and so then what do you do with that? Then you live. Then you live and you yeah, love, yeah. you love your family. You love your neighbor. One foot at a time. Yeah. If, if I could map out free will and how many choices it takes to, to get to the end, you know, it's it's just a series of choices. We just gotta keep making, you know, what we ever what we perceive to be the right one. You know, that's that's all we could do. Amen. And continue to pray. And this is a great reminder for all of us to uh, really take this uh, Lenten season in a new way. Uh, let's really get better. Let's rise up as fathers um, and all of our listeners out there. I know we have some moms out there that are listening as well and some uh, young people that are listening to this podcast. This is a great invitation to dive into this uh, Lenten season in a new and different way. And, uh, again, plebs, thanks so much for joining us. I'm sure this is not can be the last time we talk to you. Can you lead us into a, a closing prayer? Sure, absolutely. And then Father's Son. Father God, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful platform um, for fathers to share what fatherhood is, is really like. Thank you, God, for giving us the gift and the pains of fatherhood alike. Thank you, God, for, for allowing us to, to suffer um and to enjoy being in our lives and thank you god for just bringing us to this point especially after the past year and the pandemic and everything else um to take time to reflect on everything that we really truly do have god we just pray for all the people in this past year that that lost their lives to this um not only their lives, but their livelihoods. Not only the livelihood, but their sanity. Just, just pray for them that that we pray for them that they put their trust in you. Yes, Lord. That whatever it is, it's not too much for you to overcome, mm-hmm. and that faith in you will restore everything. God, as we enter this Lenten season, just please, please, please give us the strength to persevere. Give us the strength to understand what true sacrifice really is. And give us the strength to help each other get through the hardest times of our lives and be brothers and sisters and fathers for, for everybody. Yes, God. All this we pray. Say, God be to the Father, to the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, guys. Incredible, incredible. So you are man. a gift. You are. Dude, I, I can you do the stories, man. The stories I can tell you guys. <laughs> Oof, thanks for talking in a slower pace too, because usually Plevy talks really fast. Oh, he's no. got to catch up with his thought process. And no, next to, time, next time I don't want to. Next time I don't want to hear about the um, heaven and hell. I want to hear about Ray in high school. <laughs> Dude, that was hell, man. <laughs> I, I think I think if if so, so in my hell experience, I was in a hospital bed most of the time, and it was kind of this hell experienced around me almost. If if Ray goes to hell, his hell will be high school. I'm sure of his, it will be set in East London High School, oh my gosh. Yeah. where there's like I'm, I'm feeling anxiety right now. Man. Oh, I can see his palms are getting sweaty. I can oh, see yeah, it. So sweaty, man. And and he's pulling up in his uh in his couples for Christ van with all the bumper stickers. Oh man! And he would park it backwards to hide oh, it. By the, the way, I'm oh just my gosh! You do know that. You do know that. You remember? I remember the stories, right? I remember you the backed stories, it man. up. You backed, backed it up, up. Man, man. I backed it up. Ashamed man. of the gospel. Too last, bad. Last Dude, one, high school, first man. one out. High school, 
Dude, high school is worse than hell. <laughs> high school is a tough time for a lot of people, man. I'm not gonna lie. Absolutely, no, that's yeah. true. And y'all, but y'all survived it, and all right, now <laughs> out here doing it, doing it again, You're doing something, right? <laughs> oh man, hey, guys, where can where, so where can we follow you on on uh, social media oh, or man, anything? Follow me anything. on Instagram. I don't know. I don't really keep a big so. Oh, oh okay. you know what? I can't. I can promote something. I can promote. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go promote that. So April tenth. 2011, 20, 2021. God, my <laughs> it is the day I got out of the hospital. Okay. Yes. On April 7th, I woke up. They told me they want, I wouldn't walk for one month. I had lost 45 pounds. By the way, it's the worst 45 pounds to lose ever. You only lose the muscle and the fat oh, just no. stays. <laughs> so I couldn't walk. And I looked like just, it was just pure dad bod. It was just the absolute oh, worst. Man. So sounds like me so now. It took me, yeah. Yeah, it took me three days. I told the physical therapist, there's no way in hell I'm not going to see my kids as soon as possible. You are not sending me to another facility to learn to walk. Mm. What, took, what they said it took me a month to walk again it took me three days. They wow. sent me home on a walker on April 10th. So on April 10th, one year later, I am going to run from the first hospital I got to, that, my, that, that I went to. Mm. I'm going to run the route the ambulance took me midway through my intubation, 20 miles to the next hospital. Wow. And, you know, there's a GoFundMe on there. It's going to be for the fundraise. It's going to be for the foundations of both hospitals. Um, got a lot of stuff going on. And listen, That's awesome. there's a small goal on there. Whatever, whatever goal we don't reach, I'm, I'm going to fill in the gap no matter what. Um, and when we'll is that again? We'll make April 7th. April 10th. April 10th. April 10th. Okay. April 10th. April 10th. It's a Saturday morning. Um, hospitals both know about it, have a little party at the hospital when you leave, and just three of us are going to run. Um, <laughs> my brother in law is running because he's a doctor and he wants to make sure I don't die on the route, so that's always good. <laughs> but, that's uh, a good idea. <laughs> that would be the worst part. <laughs> that would be the worst part. That would be the worst part. Um, I actually still have my walker with me that I brought home. Oh, wow. And mm. I plan to return it to them. I said, listen, guys, I'm going to come back. I got to return for you guys. I'm going to give it back to them. Because, yes. Because, awesome. you know, by the way, I you know the idea of walking again, just just the idea, not even just waking up, the idea that I, I there was a thought that I would never walk again. They, they were, the the doctors were sure I was brain dead. There were doctors were sure I was never. I had less than like a three percent chance of survival mm. when they moved me. Nobody wanted to move me. Um, I got the last dose of remdesivir in March. That was mm. in Jersey. Mm-hmm. The last wow. dose left in Jersey because my wife got That's to the right. congressman yeah. and got it, my story pitched in DC. And then the CEO of Gilead Pharmaceuticals heard my story and agreed to overnight it to me. Mm. Wow. And then as I arrived at the hospital, the clinical pharmacist had one dose of remdesivir left and it was already allotted for another patient. She saw me and said, nah, this guy should get it instead. Wow. That's a lot to handle. Um, And there's a lot of people that died since. And that one guy whose medication that it was allotted for, I never knew what happened, but I'd probably assume that it didn't work out for him. And that that weighs heavy. I I can't tell you that doesn't weigh heavy. Um, Or why why I didn't, you know, why I had a different faith than everybody else, right? And Mm. people people may say it's because God has a plan for you. I don't know. I think I think I failed fourth grade and God's making me redo it. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that's more it than anything else. Um, so it's more like another chance. But um, but yeah. So April tenth, you know, 10th. let's take. Care, I'm going to take care of some nurses and doctors and physical therapists that really went above and beyond because you know what they didn't have to do what they did. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. really didn't when they could have gone home instead of taking the risk and you know all that stuff. So you know whatever I can give back, I'm going to do my best. That's incredible. So like, how do we donate to the GoFundMe? Where, where do we go? What do it's, we look up? It's, Are it's there keywords? Instagram. I will shoot you a link. Maybe you guys can put it on your bio for a week or so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Cool. What's your Instagram uh, handle, Plebs? Uh, I think it's just Plebby. P-L-E-B-I. P-L-E-B-I. It should be in my bio. Yeah, it should be in my bio. Cool. So hook, hook him up with that follow at Plebby and then support this run. That's incredible, man. From yeah. the tw- a 20-mile run. From the hospital to hospital, you're delivering your walker back and you're raising funds. ASICs hooked you up. ASICs are sponsoring, sponsoring, sponsoring some cool stuff here. So it'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. 
So there's some sponsorship where, and it's all for the healthcare workers who saved your life and are out there every day saving people's lives. That's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Yeah. Appreciate any any kind of uh, promotion you guys could do for me. That'd be a lot of fun. Cool too. Absolutely. I'll, I'll start even running maybe. You know what? So, so we got a couple guys. I got one from California. Um, He's going to run it virtually with me. Oh, so, you know, so listen, you guys want to walk the last mile with me? Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 let's yeah. do that. Let's do we that. Do vir- right. we'll, do vir- we'll do it virtually. Get April 10th. Tent. Let's go. Walk around. I like that. At least at least do a mile, all right? At least do a let's mile. Go. April 10th. Everybody who's hearing this yeah. now, yeah. April Sign me 10th, up for that one. we're going to walk a mile with Walk Clint. a mile. Yeah. This is If incredible. you can't walk a mile and I just, listen, I couldn't walk when i woke up i have less than 80 percent capacity in my lungs left they're scarring i had a heart attack from a blood clot That's in right. September. Yeah, right if i could do 20 miles you guys can get up and do one mile that day let's that's go april 10th let's go man dude you're a blessing that's incredible i'm super inspired today and i'm super inspired for land man it's just a stub toe it's just a short pit stop on the way to eternity let's go do this let's raise up let's rise up let's love our families let's do right um let's get our money right let's think about others man i i'm taking home all these messages today plubby you're just a huge inspiration for me thank you man oh man thank you guys man i appreciate it by the way, most people don't call me inspiration, so that's probably the nicest thing to somebody's ever yeah. <laughs> You're uh, lucky because I didn't really know you at all. Yeah, see, it's much better that way. <laughs> see, see, see Ray, Ray has trouble getting that out of his mouth. He's so. a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I caught you. I caught the good plebby. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's a whole new world now. From yeah, here it's, on it's, out, it's, brother, it's, me and you. It's a whole, that's new, good. It's a whole so, new world now. So I, I don't owe you that seventy-five dollar then. All right, cool. No, no, I, 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 you know what? Of all the things I forgot, I had that written <laughs> down somewhere very specifically. It says Ray Pingo right here, seventy-five dollars. Oh man, debit, it's, it's all there. <laughs> oh man, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, man, this is a lot of fun, guys. Appreciate this. All right, really, and you can right. check us out. You can check us out at fatherhoodarise.com. Um, so check it out, fatherhoodarise.com, or follow us on all the socials, Fatherhood Arise, at Fatherhood Arise, and you can email us um, at uh, fatherhoodarise at gmail.com. Yo, send, send some love to Plebby, and uh, let us know what you thought about this episode and all that's going on. And you can check me out on my own Instagram, at Call to Rise, or check out my website, calledtorise.org. Thanks for joining us. Peace. Peace out.